0: We're talking war in the Ukraine and what impact this will have on inflation, and specifically one rather unique way of hedging against some of the negative spillover effects of this war. Joining us to discuss this is Justin Clark, Chief Operating Officer at Orbvest. Orbvest is a global real estate company, and it allows investors from around the world to invest directly into U.S. commercial properties, specifically medical real estate. Justin, we spoke last week about inflation, but events have moved on quite rapidly since that conversation with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And we've seen some dramatic reactions on the financial markets, particularly with some commodities like oil seeing a surge in price. What's your outlook on all of this?
1: Hi, Karen. Yes, isn't it amazing what a difference a week makes for 10 days, uh, I suppose it is, since our last conversation. But, uh, you know, I don't think any of us profess to have a clear view of what's going to happen in the next couple of months. But, uh, you know, I mean, let's just think about it. You know, we were talking last time about inflation hitting what seven and a half percent, you know, annual inflation, uh, in, that was recorded in January. And that was like the highest since 1981. And we said last week that, you know, the, 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 the very strong view in the U S was that. This was uh, purely a cyclical thing as a result of COVID, and that uh, it would drop off in the region of back back in the region of around two percent, which is where the Fed really is comfortable, and that would happen by about mid 2023. I think there's absolutely no doubt that the war in Ukraine uh, and the measures taken, especially by the West to sanction Russia, will have uh, some sort of blowback effect on the world economy. I mean, let's face it, uh, Kiran. I think the first thing that we need to take into consideration is fuel prices. I mean, they're definitely on the march. I think you mentioned, uh, you know. Well over a hundred dollars a barrel at the moment, and um, and there are a bunch of other you know other impacts. But uh, one of the more bizarre consequences for me is um, the freezing of uh, Russian Reserve Bank assets and the blocking of SWIFT interbank uh, payment system. It will create a shortage of USD, and and I must say I'm trying to get my head around this, uh, Kieran. So help me if you if you can. But uh, you know they they're talking about having to get the old printing presses going again uh, to create u s d because it's going to create a shortfall, all this stuff is inflationary, so I think coming back to your original question, yes it's going to push out the uh, inflation outlook over a longer period and uh, I think you know it's a guess at the moment what impact that will have and what the u s will do particularly to try and keep that uh, under control they've got um you know they've got a few things they can do obviously then the uh Assumption was they would start raising rates by about 0.25%. I guess they could go a bit faster than that. We don't think that's going to happen. We think it's uh, our view is that they will stick to the 0.25%. And they've got other ways of reducing liquidity, but I don't know if that's viable at this point. Um, So, yeah, I think the only thing that we can take out of it is that it is going to spike global inflation, which will have an impact on the U.S.,
0: your investment offering has traditionally focused on the syndication of single buildings. I mentioned in the intro that Orbvest is a global real estate company focused on medical real estate. Now, looking at some of your new products, you've got net, you've got Orbvest diversified holdings. Are you moving away from this single building concept and why, if you are?
1: We are moving away and I think uh, you know, it's apparent by some of our new products. But I think maybe the history is important. I think a lot of high net worth investors small family offices all over the world but obviously we started off in south africa and you know they want transparency they would like to go over to the us and buy their own building but they don't have the ability to acquire to find to manage to assess so they actually need a partnership and effectively that's what it started off has Henny, our chairman huge amount of knowledge in south africa discovered that the us was very similar and, of course, he went over there, acquired a couple of buildings, got a few of his mates uh, to come in and, um, and effectively uh, uh, co-own those buildings with him. So that's how the model started. And um, all we've done is we've just progressed with that model. We acquire a building and we, uh, we, we syndicate it effectively, although it's not a good word in South Africa, to high net worth individuals. And now, of course, that's expanded to smaller retail investors. Uh, you understand that when you get into that space, as soon as I mention the word small retail investors, then uh, you have to start getting concerned. Remember that this is an investment in a building. Things can go wrong and do go wrong. Tenants get taken over by bigger tenants. COVID comes along. Uh, medical practices even can go bust, and we've had one or two of those. Our job is to manage them and get them in again, but it disrupts income. It disrupts dividends. So how do you try and protect the retail investor that is now investing for dividends, for constant uh, uh, yield in US dollars. How do you protect them? And this is what has kept us awake at night. Yeah, I think that uh, you can see by our most recent products and uh, I'll talk particularly about uh, this sort of low risk um, product we brought out called ODH. What it is effectively is we just taken a small slither of each one of our buildings or later buildings that that we were able to do this in, and we've lumped it together into one product. Still the same thing, still five-year investment, but the benefit is that you may have, for example, in ODH5, our fifth version of this, you may have as many as 100 medical tenants. So you've got a lot of income streams coming from a lot of different tenants, and the chances of something disrupting that income flow is very, very small. So to answer your question, this is the first move away from the single building model. Bear in mind, we still have big investors, family offices that want to participate in a particular building. So we will always find buildings for that particular market segment. But I think that we feel much more comfortable creating this little diversified product. And we've got another one called Triple Net, which is effectively a different mandate where we've got to buy small Triple Net buildings and put them all together into one pot you're absolutely correct. Uh, You know, it is kind of a migration away from the single buildings, especially to protect retail investors and to give them what we effectively um, have been talking about, and that's consistent dividends and cash flow in US dollars.
0: All right. And in terms of returns, I mean, we're talking about inflation of about seven and a half percent at the consumer level in the United States. And your returns historically have been about 2% per quarter. So it looks like you're, you're, you're quite clear, even at, very, very high inflation rates for the United States. You're quite clear of that benchmark.
1: Yeah, I I think um, there's so many moving factors. And that's what's so amazing about this free market is that the the scale balances itself always. So there is a huge amount of money that's concerned about interest rate increases that's moving out of the markets and from other sources looking for safe haven. Um, And I think, again, we talked about this last week. I don't go through it again. But i um, looking for bonds and looking for commercial real estate and looking for gold because it's seen as an inflation hedge. And quite simply, we buy these buildings, we lock in the debt. And I think I mentioned this last time. We lock in a debt to 3.5% still for five years. So it doesn't affect us really on the cost side of a building if we can peg the debt. So you peg the debt, your income is secured for a long period of time because of the long-term nature of, of medical tenants. And then the only other wild card, of course, is the expenses. And that's when we start talking about double net and triple net leases, where you pass through the expenses through to the tenant. So a lot of our buildings, we've got triple net or double net tenants at least, and we can push through increases and expenses through to them. So ultimately, you're buying building at a building at a price in five years time with inflation. It's going to be worth a lot more for a number of reasons, um, escalation in the rentals and of course, cost push. And, um, at the same time, you've got an income stream. And as we uh, roll leases over, in other words, the guy comes to renew his lease, we can push his rent up to something that's more market related. So I, you know, I think that's, that's really coming back to that conversation about, about, uh, inflation. That's why we've got so much money rushing into these buildings. Now the scale balances itself on the other side. Of course, the price of these buildings now is going up. So that 8% is getting harder and harder for us to achieve. So in fact, on a, on a secure, on a core product like ODH, we're down to kind of 7% cash and cash, a little bit less than two per quarter. But then remember, you hold the asset for five years, and then you will get anything from 10 to 13% overall return over the period. Remember, we're basing this on our assumptions of future income and uh, future values. So it is an assumption, just bear that in mind.
0: When we spoke uh, a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned that your investors have traditionally come from South Africa, but you expected that this will change in favor of investors from the USA and other first world economies like Israel. What has changed and why do you see this happening in the U.S. and countries like Israel?
1: Oh, yes. Uh, You know, I think it's really difficult to invest into the real estate in the U.S. And that's the problem that we actually set out to solve. And that's why we use the Lister environment and the Seychelles. But we still you know, have to give comfort to the investor from South Africa that it's viable for them. And think about, it, Kieran, if I, if I said to you, listen, we've got a building somewhere in a place that you've probably never been to. Would you like to take some money, move it offshore, and then uh, hand it over to me and I'll go and put it into a building and then I'll give you some returns in U.S. dollars? You know, it's it's much easier to go down the road and buy the townhouse on the corner that you can, you can drive past every day. So the same thing applies when it comes to the U.S., I mentioned the U.S. is absolutely awash with investment money looking for these type of buildings. And we're saying, no, 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 sorry, we don't, uh, you know, we can't uh, help you in America because of the specific compliance and the rules that the SEC, how they control their, uh, any sort of solicitation of, of investors in the U.S. So what we have decided to do is let's not do it the hard way, <laughs> let's go to the U.S. market where there are an abundance of investors and money that want to invest in these buildings, and that way we'll be able to obviously accelerate our equity raise quicker. So the solution to the problem is that um, we are going through a process of making sure that we are compliant with the various SEC regulations, and um, I won't get into the detail of that because it's super boring, but um, you know, we really expect that to unlock uh, a lot more capital from the U.S., Obviously, we're not losing focus on, on our you know core market here. You know, this is where we have a substantial office. We've got uh, investment advisors here uh, that work for us, a team around the country. Um, you know, we've got a CAT2 license here, so we're not certainly not walking away from South Africa. But just from a growth perspective, it's just easier to do it where the money is.
0: A lot of investors are asking about the way that you structure your investments, specifically out of the Seychelles. Now, you've chosen a listed environment, the Merge Exchange, why would an international investor not just invest directly into the USA?
1: It actually is possible to invest in directly. As I mentioned, that's how we started off. So you can go in, set up an LLC, uh, get an accountant, and um, and make the investments from that LLC in the US. But then you've got to worry about the accountant, paying the accountant, tax returns, and all those lovely things. And, of course, the taxes. I don't have to go into it: capital gains, withholding taxes, and all that. So it does get super complicated. So you know, we came up with this idea that we needed to, first of all, consolidate all the investors in a place. Ultimately, we wanted to have a listed environment for a number of reasons, because when you are raising money, there's a huge amount of restrictions in the way that you do it. So um, we need to consolidate the the money into uh, preferably a low tax environment, and we needed it to be a listed company. And so it just so happened that the exchange was opening up in the Seychelles, and we managed to negotiate some really good um, um rates from them and that's really what it's come about. So we developed the model effectively to solve these problems so that you don't have to go directly into the US and deal with all the costs. I mean our gross return in the US compared to our after tax return, obviously before your South African taxes, is like a 1%. So the only leakage that we have from bringing your money out of the US and parking it in the Seychelles trading account at the exchange is 1% which is phenomenal because you would obviously lose a lot more than that in just costs alone. So, yeah, I hope that answers your question.
0: Great. Thanks. You mentioned also when we spoke before that you've acquired two new properties in Phoenix, Arizona and Boynton Beach, Florida. Are these available to local investors?
1: Absolutely. They have just been launched. Um, the Boynton Beach property is uh, is really a fantastic uh, building. You know, we, 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 all, uh, we all like uh, Florida uh, because it's uh, – you know it's it's kind of uh, kind of similar to South Africa. It's growing a little fast, but where Boynton Beaches is, is right in the heart of one of the wealthiest areas of Florida, about delray beach and um, and where there's actually quite a lot of South Africans living. But um, you know we've had already of the sort of five odd million dollars worth of equity, I think uh, three million's already been accounted for, and we we literally put it live on on, on Monday, so it's been super popular and absolutely. There's a number of ways that you can find out about these deals. We don't want to uh, keep people on, on on this show. This is not a sales show, uh, Kieran, but uh, perhaps we can talk about the um the webinar coming up on MoneyWeb with Simon Brown next week, Wednesday the 9th of March. Um it'd be great if anybody's interested, well obviously they can go into obvest.com, or they can email support@obvest.com or alternatively um go on to the the link below, I think, uh, on this this podcast.
0: Yes, indeed. We will post a link there. And as Justin said, you can join Simon Brown next week on Wednesday, 9th of March at 7 p.m. And there will be a link below where you can click to register or send an email to support at orbvest.com. And that's O-R-B-V-E-S-T dot com. Justin Clark, Chief Operating Officer at Orbvest. Thank you very much. We're going to leave it there.